Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be talking about special needs parenting. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Well, to get us started, we'll talk about our son uh, shortly after his third birthday was diagnosed with autism. Officially diagnosed. Officially diagnosed. We knew there was, you know, we knew he was possibly autistic from a very early age. Yeah, I'd say around a year old is when. Well, I, I don't know. He I started start, walking yeah. really early. and He, he started didn't... walking at nine months. Yeah. And I think at that time there was some, some quirks he had that would, would kind of give us an idea that he had autism. But we just kept going. We kept soldiering on. We didn't really see any anything wrong within the first couple months, you know, to indicate that there he might need services, special services. Uh, but at once once he started walking, he you know he should have been talking a little bit. Yeah, I think that was the the real sign was he wasn't at his fifty word mark. Right, like his, his speech was delayed, to. and he was he would make great sounds as a baby, and he would mimic us. He would mimic our mouth movements. Make he, fun of us. Absolutely, from very early age, this kid was making fun of us. <laughs> Um, I think, I think the first time I noticed him making fun of me, he was about a year and a half old and I had taken my glasses off. And when I took my glasses off, he looked at me like this, kind of making fun of me. And that's, I knew I was like, yep, he's mine. (laughs) Well, I knew before he was mine. (laughs) Well, he's got a sense of humor, but like uh, yours. Yes, absolutely. But, um, so before his diagnosis, you know, we didn't, we didn't, uh, treat him any different than the rest of the kids. We didn't, we still don't really, but, um, we don't, uh, we didn't seek out resources right. to help us. We, there was a few things that we were struggling with. Well, with, and his diagnosis wasn't like a shock. Like I guess when most right. people, um, I, I don't even know most people, but like, I know some people have said like, oh, once, you know, my son or daughter was diagnosed with autism, it was like doom and gloom. And but I think we weren't we, yeah, surprised. We kinda, yeah, we kind of embrace it a little bit instead of going the opposite direction, doom and gloom. Yeah, we like know, we treat it as he has an ability, not, not, a, not disability. a disability. Because, I'm, I mean, you know, um, you guys don't know our four year old, but he's pretty awesome. He's very, very smart. And he's got a high emotional IQ, which is kind of odd for an autistic child. Yeah, he's not one of those, like, I don't even want to say normal, Um, but, like, a lot of autistic individuals don't like to be touched. Oh, yeah, Rocket Rocket loves loves it. He loves attention. He loves hugs. He likes to hold hands. Something that he does that I I don't really enjoy all the time, he likes to touch my face. Mm -hmm. And... While it doesn't bother me or annoy me or anything, I don't like my nose played with because I've, it's been broken like nine times and I don't breathe well out of my nose. So when he grabs my nose or touches my nose, I'm like, hey, quit it. I don't like that. Yeah. And he understands very well. I don't like that. And they taught him that at school, which is one of those resources that we wouldn't have been able to get for him had he not been diagnosed. He wouldn't be able to go to preschool. He wouldn't be able to go to Head Start. 
and I think that's where he's at now, right? Head start? No, he's in actual preschool. So oh, nice. last year he got in early preschool because, well, so he got into preschool when he was three. Yeah. That, so I thought that four. was Head Start. No, I think Head Start is a different program. Program. Um, and you have to have other qualifications, like maybe low income or something. I'm not sure to get in early Head Start, but. Not to say we have a high income, just, you know, but um, it's not, it's, it's, it, our income is low for us. You know, we struggle, but it's too high to get any help. Yeah. So we're right there, right there at the edge where we could get help, but it hurt us financially or we make too just enough to not be able to get any help. Yeah. So, um, but no, without his official diagnosis, he wouldn't be able to get into preschool, preschool or early or any of the activities that he's done education wise. Yeah. Like occupational, occupational therapy. therapy. Yep. Yeah. That was, that was a big thing that really helped him out. And he only got six months of occupational therapy. And at that time I was like, what is he just not autistic anymore? He doesn't need help. And you said, well, he met his goals for that six months. And I said, well, what about the next six months? What about the next six months after that? You know, he's still going to need occupational therapy. And they told us, oh, oh, he's done. And it's it wasn't, I, I don't think he was done. Well, and they they said he could be reevaluated and, you know, his doctor. Well, my thing is, why didn't they again? start that reevaluation process right after his last appointment? Well, and I think maybe maybe it's because for his age, maybe he was. They don't want to overwhelm him or. Maybe, or like, I think then you start getting into like That's higher level, coffee. higher level things. And so, yeah, I, 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 so after, after his diagnosis and everything, we were able to get him some, some occupational therapy. We were able to get him in school and we were able to help him out in that direction. But as, as, as far as motor skills or any, issues learning. He didn't have any issues learning. He's, he's got a pretty high IQ, which is IQ isn't how smart you are. It, it is just a measure of your ability to learn. That is my understanding of IQ. And so I don't, he doesn't have any trouble learning at all. No, he actually likes, he likes learning. There's reading. He loves to read. Loves well, it. I mean, not that he, he can can't, read. he can't read actually. He loves like, books. But he's pretty close to being able to read. Mm -hmm. I, he, he can look at words and identify them for what they are, but he doesn't know like the structure of ABCs to get there. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, th I think it's fantastic that he loves books. He loves to be, be read to. And uh, that's, that's just one of those things I think all kids like. They like to be read to and they like story time. But Rocket, he loves books. And he loves to play with books. He loves to read books. He loves us to read books. He loves the teachers to read books. So mm -hmm. books are one of those things we have a lot of. Yeah. So every time he goes to Sam's Club, we have to buy a book or a toy. And when when we first started doing that, you know, it, it was okay for a few months. And then he had every book they yeah. had. It's like he'll, and then he'll be like, I already have that one. I have that one. I already have that one. <laughs> right. And now it's getting that way with the toys. Mm -hmm. And so we might have to start going to a different 
store like Costco or something. (laughs) So some of the, some of the things, some of the challenges before he was diagnosed was just mostly communication when he was frustrated, when he was upset, the communication was not there. He would talk to us on an, on a normal basis, you know, with the words that he did have, he could communicate with, uh, you know, hungry, uh, my belly hurts and stuff. So we, we kind of, he kind of give us hints that. Well, and he's still like, when he's hungry, he'll be like, I'm thirsty. Or when he's thirsty, he's I'm hungry. hungry. Yeah. And I'm like, cause he'll take me when he says he's hungry and he'll take me to go get a drink. Right. Or he'll bring me his cup and say, I'm hungry. And so, yeah. Well, getting him to eat sometimes is a, is a challenge in itself. But the communication, I'd say, is was the biggest one. You know, starting from when he was, you know, uh, uh, just a couple weeks old, you know, it was difficult to understand or know what was bothering him. It wasn't like, you know, and I'd raised, you know, I have four kids total and two. So I've, I've raised the three younger ones. And we, I didn't have any difficulties with the older two, uh, older two boys when it came to, you know, at, at a couple weeks old, knowing what they wanted, knowing what was, what was the issue? Why are you crying? Um, it was either food need changed or sleep. And with rocket, it was, it wasn't like that. It was hold me or, you know, when you'd have to play the guessing game and try everything and and most days nothing worked and he didn't like to sleep no sometimes he he didn't really like to eat i i we say that he didn't like to sleep but i i've i've encountered uh uh, i can't really say that he didn't like to sleep because i did get at least four hours of sleep every day and i know a young couple right now who is having difficulties getting their baby to sleep or stop crying at all. And it's just, it's heartbreaking because I know it's not going to last forever. But when you're going through it, when you're right in the middle of it, it you, sucks. It, it does. It's like, it's like, what do I do is, you know, and, and then thankfully they have a couple people in their village that are, are willing to help them. But, you know, in our case, it, it, I stayed home. I was a stay at home dad. So there was no need for anybody yeah. to come help me because we had shifts where I was able to stay with well, Rocket. I worked overnight and, at and, that time. Oh, that, and that made things a lot easier because the only time I was by myself was with the baby night? was at night and he slept at night. Well, sort of. <laughs> so I could get him to sleep for about an hour and, you know, no interventions or anything. And then about a, 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 after an hour, he would cry and so I'd get up and get him. And in my opinion, looking back on it, I don't think we fed him enough. But I'll never know. Yeah. So, and you don't know with his diagnosis. Well, you know, and I think we even like changed formula a couple times with him because we thought maybe he's just got gas and well, his belly time, hurts. At that time, I told you, it, you know, you kind of trying to kind of treat him like a dog in this aspect. He can't be switching up his, his food all the time. You're going to upset his belly. Yeah. But I think then we found something that he stuck with. It, it, well, in one of, well, a lot of the times what helped us with the sleeping was keeping the temperature down in the house while, you know, at night. And, you know, it, it, 
cold weather doesn't make anybody sick. So it was like 65 degrees in the house at night. And that helped a little bit, helped keep me calm, you know. But in the heat of the moment like that, you know, when he was crying and I'm, I'm, I've gotten an hour and a half sleep in two days, you know, it, it, it is rough. But at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, I had somebody to come home and take the baby off my hands for a little bit so I could get some rest. And then before you went to bed, I'd get up and take care of him for the rest of the day so you could get some sleep. And at that point, I was like, I need Ashley to get en- uh, uh, enough sleep to go to work. And so um, at that time, I was 500 pounds. And I, I struggled just finding finding the will to wake up every morning. I struggled with that. I was dealing with some depression. I think I had postpartum depression. You'll never convince me that I didn't because I was going nuts. And I I was grumpy, yelling at everybody all the time, you know, and those struggles, he grew out of those. And so we never really, I don't have any tips and tricks for that. Well, and then like, I remember like the first night he slept all night and we were like, Oh goodness. Like, is he okay? Like, I think he got up three or four times to check on him. You know, is he okay? Is he sleep? You know, what's going on? He never did sleep in his bed. No, no. uh, Well, he's not the only child that never slept in his bed, but thankfully a waste of time, money. Thankfully he does now. And so both of them do now. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Uh, we, we, we co-slept. With our 13-year-old until he was about... 14. S- oh, he's 14 now. Oh, my goodness. Where Where is the time going? <laughs> I've lost a whole year somewhere. Yeah. So, Sully slept with us, our middle child, until... No, he was, he was like nine. Yeah, he was nine. He slept with us right up until Rocket was born. And then it was like, okay, Sully, like, you gotta get out of our bed. And, I, and usually, in my experience, uh, my whole life, it's always been mom that starts the co-sleeping and and i'll take the blame for that when i started the co-sleeping with our 14 year old because when he was young he had some health issues and it scared me to take a nap without him right beside me because i might not wake up to him so i started co-sleeping and i really liked it until he wouldn't sleep in his own bed well and then he became like the size of an adult it was really hard He's six foot tall now, so it, it could you imagine sleeping in the same bed with all three of us now? Yeah, it, it'd be terrible. <laughs> uh, so Rocket, in, we had oh, co-sleeping. The, we were the talking, co-sleeper yeah. that we, you could actually put in your bed. Yeah, that I and I don't remember that. That was just four years ago, but I don't I don't remember what that even looked like. Well, remember, it was like a I almost like a bassinet. It. And remember, you could like it was kind of long, and you could like compact it. But then we started to take it out of the bed because our bed had like the, the hump the, in the middle. The hump in the middle because we had a king size bed, and we were both big. And so then we had to like make a makeshift like table. I, I still I'm having difficulty remembering this because I never used that thing. I I put him in his crib at night. Yeah, I remember I put it on a tote next to the bed. Okay. Yes, I and, do remember. Yeah, yeah I do. And I had remember. remember I had the slap nightlight yeah. <laughs> on the dresser. So yes. I could... That was so the, the the difficulties with sleeping. You had an easier time with it than I did because you could sleep with him right beside you, and I wasn't comfortable doing that at that time. But 
you know, after uh, he was he was about a year old and he was sleeping all night long. And, you know, yeah, once he turned a year old, like he slept all the time. He took naps, and, you know, slept all night. thinking about that. If it was right around the time that we switched him from formula to food, I had another child that had an issue with formula. And when we switched him to food, his, our whole lives changed with him. Uh, with my oldest, he had difficulty eating and keeping it down. And so we'd give him a full bottle and half of it would come back up at least. And so we went through. And he still kind of has that problem. He does. Now that I think about it, oh my goodness. <laughs> we just discovered something. <laughs> so uh, oh. anyway, so he would, he, feeding him was difficult. The doctor said there was nothing wrong with him. You know, oh, you know, it's just one of those things. And he, he gave him some uh, some medicine for uh, the like reflux. acid reflux. And it didn't work. But the day that we switched him from formula to milk, it was done. He stopped. Uh, he stopped bringing up the form, uh, bringing up half his food and everything. And that was our lives changed at that moment because it was like um, that kid would throw up all over me. And it was, you know, he never stopped doing that as he got older either. Yeah. Well, and you know, with Rocket. We started to kind of introduce him to some foods early. Like at four months, the doctor told eating. us to do that. You know, the, the doctor told us to butter. give him eggs, peanut butter, and stuff like that. And shortly after that, his sleeping did get better. Yeah. Well, because he used to, and that was one of the signs that I thought maybe he had autism because he did eat everything. Everything we ate when he was less than a year yeah. old, he ate it too. He would eat soup. Like he would just. You know, anything we ate, he ate. And then about a year old, he stopped eating right. all it, that. It was textures Yeah, was the issue. And he still textures. He doesn't. But he's he's one of those kids. What do you call that? Where he, he walks around gra- grazing? He grazes, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, we don't, uh, my parenting style, I, I call free range parenting. Or free, I have free range children. You know, and I did. I looked that up, but it's got an actual definition in like the Webster's Dictionary, and I've been I've been using that for a long time. Like, you know, what's your parenting style? I'm more of a free range parent. You know, I don't. That I'm not too overbearing, not too underbearing. I care what the kids do. I'm, you know, I'm. So, I'm I'm kind of like a free range parent. So it, a lot of times, rockets, eating. Doesn't really, we don't really notice it because we've we allow him to eat when he's hungry, well, and I don't care what he eats as long as he's eating yeah. something. Well, because he'll go like you know, three days, four days with not hardly eating anything, then here comes that fifth day and he eats everything, everything. and then you notice he's grown an inch after yeah. that. <laughs> so, yeah, because he'll eat stuff that I'm like, I didn't, I didn't think he ever liked that. And so eating is one of the challenges that we face as a, as special needs parents. And I don't really consider myself a special needs parent almost. I, I, I feel more special needs parenty with my older kids than I do with Rocket. And I think that's because I spend a lot of time with Rocket and him and I kind of get each other and he doesn't have to say anything to know what I want. I don't have to say anything to know what he wants now. We we're simpatico. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like 
uh, just the other day, it popped up in my mind, you know, you were trying to get him to do something. I can't remember what it was. Or he wanted something, and I turned around, he wants this. And I thought about it after I said that, and it's like he gave you no indication that's, uh, that's what he wanted. He just said, oh, it was the cheese, and it was yesterday. It was Swiss cheese. Oh, yeah. He said, I want cheese. And... I already knew what kind of cheese he and wanted. And I was trying to give him, like, a cheese stick. And, you, yeah, you you said two or three different cheeses already, and I was like, he wants Swiss cheese. And you didn't say anything. You just got him the Swiss cheese. But I was thinking about it in my head. I'm like, how did I know that? You know? And it's, I didn't even know he liked Swiss cheese. Oh, he loves it. I mean, it you know, it does smell like a foot, but it doesn't taste like it. Yeah. Well, then, like, I gave it to him, and he, instead of holding out his hand, he's just like... <laughs> he wanted me to put it in his mouth so he could like dangle it. <laughs> I missed that part. Um, but uh, uh, that was, th- that's some of the challenges that we, we face with the food. I don't really pay attention to anymore, but it used to be a pain in the rear getting him to, you know, like lunches. I was, I'm here during the day with the kids um, all day long because I'm a stay at home dad. And we, I don't eat breakfast, but the the kids do, and one of them eats breakfast sandwiches before he goes to school, or you know those breakfast bowls. Breakfast bowls, and Rocket doesn't eat breakfast, and I don't I don't ask him if he wants breakfast. We just we just I go. I think he just waits until. He's hungry, and then he'll say, mm, "I'm thirsty." Right, or he he just <laughs> trot over to the refrigerator and try to open it, but we got a lock on it. So yeah. But anyway, um, we don't. I don't. I don't have a difficulty getting him to eat or not eat. But you know, around lunchtime, it's still it's still at four years old after the diagnosis and everything. It's still kind of a pain in the ass to figure out what to give him for lunch, so we don't waste it. Right. I don't mind. I don't really mind giving him a half a peanut butter jelly sandwich if he does. If he doesn't eat it, he doesn't eat it. Not a big deal. I just hate wasting it. I wish I would. You know, I wish I could know before I give it to him. Is he going to eat this or not? So I don't waste it. But it is what it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't really mind him not eating most of the time unless. I know he hasn't eaten for a while and I can't get him to eat, but that's not very often. I can't get him to eat something, you know? Yeah. Well, and he gets burnt out on stuff really quick too. Like, you know, he'll be on a yogurt kick and for a day he, or two. And then he's like, ugh, yogurt's gross. <laughs> and that's, that's funny because none of us are like that. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I take that back. The, the older two boys won't eat Pop-Tarts now. Yeah. Because... They asked for Pop-Tarts for breakfast, and we shop at least two weeks at a time, if not three or four weeks at a time. And so, hey, what do you want for breakfast? Pop-Tarts. And this was like the first time that we bought Pop-Tarts as a breakfast food for the older ones, and they ate them for a week. I mean, because let's be honest, like, Pop-Tarts aren't that great. So no, they kind of suck. We were kind of like, why do you want why Pop-Tarts? Do you want... <laughs> exactly. They they kind of suck. But uh, they ate them for a week, and then they sat in the cabinet and went to waste. And then they were like, oh, we're not feeling breakfast today. Yeah. And, and so and Instead they, of telling us. Yeah, they, they wouldn't tell us, I don't like that. 
instead they would not eat it and say, oh, I'm not hungry. And I don't know why they started doing that because I'm not one of those parents that, oh, eat it or you won't eat it or starve or, you know, I'm not like that. I don't care if you eat it or not, you know, but don't ask for things that you're not going to eat. Yeah. Or at least, you know, I understand. Try to eat them until they're gone. <laughs> right. I understand if we bought it without asking you or, you know, we expect you to eat it without, but you asked for it. So you better eat it. That's, that's all I'm saying, you know, but so we don't buy them pop tarts anymore no. and or and, cereal. They, they don't, they were on a cereal kick for a minute and then that lasted like a week and a couple weeks, I think. And we don't buy cereal no more. No. So we'll buy cereal and it'll sit up on top of the refrigerator for a year. And then, so we'll look up and see it and throw it away. And then inevitably somebody will come and say, Hey, I need, we, we need some cereal. There's no cereal. Um, okay, well, there's a box on top of the fridge that was there for a year and you didn't touch it. (laughs) So why now? What's, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the food, I don't really find an issue with the food anymore, but a lot of parents struggle with foods and getting autistic children to eat. Yeah. And And I would rather make two meals. Absolutely. Or three. He'll eat. Uh, We've done three meals before Mm -hmm. for one for one kid, one for another kid and a separate one for us because... One of the things that I like for dinner is breakfast, bacon and eggs. And I will eat that three, ni- three nights a week if I could. But the kids don't like breakfast for dinner every night. So yeah. we'll make them something to eat else to eat. But, and breakfast for dinner is really quick and easy for us because we're on a bariatric diet. And eggs and bacon are both protein. It's protein, protein, protein. So eggs, bacon, and cheese. Yeah. Hey, it works. And it tastes good. So why mess up a good thing? Right. <laughs> you know, and so we do, we're, we're one of those types of parents that we will cook separate meals if we have to. So we can eat what we enjoy and the kids can eat what they enjoy. And most of all, everybody's eating and everybody's happy. So we don't mind doing that kind of stuff. That that could be, you know, some tips and tricks to help people well, and like the occupational therapist for Rocket told me, like, you can give him whatever to eat, but just make sure you include something that you you made for your meal for everybody on his plate and then include something he likes. Like at the time, he really liked pepperoni. Right. I don't think he likes pepperoni so much anymore. But she's um, like, I put wonder. a couple pepperoni on there along with what you're eating. And then that would introduce him to new stuff while he's eating stuff he likes. I don't think getting him to eat new stuff is difficult. Like when we go out on the road or anything, like when we go traveling. I just remember the beets. Oh, my goodness. Yes, incident. we went to Tennessee and we went to the mountains. Or no, 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 no. It wasn't yeah. the mountain, was it? No, it was. Well, it was Pigeon Forge we were yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Smoky Mountains and we were eating dinner and Rocket just reached over and grabbed somebody's bowl of beets and just started eating them. And I was like, oh. Well, it was in the salad we got, the beets. Oh, yeah. and, and, they, and we asked for a, a bowl. bowl of beets. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, your sister I was remember. like, can you bring us a bowl of those? But I don't think after they brought the bowl, he ate very many after that it was like a surprise i'm gonna do this now and no they're but, no but he it. actually ate them he didn't spit them out no yeah. I, no I couldn't do it i don't like beets but i do I, well and i think it might be a sour thing too that he likes the pickling of it oh, he yeah. likes pickles he loves vinegar too yeah and mustard yeah so yeah oh that kid will eat mustard by the spoonful it's weird 
Yeah. Like, do you guys do that? I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I love mustard, but I don't like mustard that much. Yeah, like by itself now. <laughs> so, uh, a, a tip you could use to get your get your autistic child to eat if you if you have an autistic child. Sometimes you know, child children with just uh, with with texture issues. Period. You know, and I know I, I I know a couple people with ADHD that have that are adults now that have texture issues. And I mean, it's kind of weird, but I mean, I have that issue when it comes to watermelon. I love watermelon flavored stuff, the smell of watermelon, but give me a piece of well, watermelon. Watermelon flavoring doesn't taste like watermelon. Just... It's kind of like uh, that grape flavor that every <laughs> everybody calls grape flavor. I call it purple. It's it's not purple soda. Not it's not soda. it's not grape soda. It's purple. And when you think of purple, the color purple, it smells, it smells like, it smells like the grape flavoring to me. And maybe I have a little bit of autism too, but, uh, it, it smells like grape flavoring, the, the color purple. And when you think of the color purple, you, it, if, you, if the color purple had a taste, it would taste like grape flavoring and but then you go and taste a grape and it tastes nothing like grape flavoring. So grape flavoring, anything grape flavored, I don't call it grape flavored. It's purple. And so. yeah, the kids calling it purple too now. Absolutely. Hey, everybody should call it purple. They're it should have like, never been called grape because it's not grape flavored. Like Caleb was like, can we get some purple soda? And Absolutely. I had to think like purple soda, purple soda. <laughs> oh, grape soda. So what's in, in, so what's one of those tips or tricks that you have to get Rocket to eat something that he doesn't want to eat? Mm. I'll be honest with you. I lie to him. Yeah, like, Oh, it's uh, good. Try it. You know? Yeah. And even if I don't like it myself, here, it's good. Try it. You know? And I'll get him to eat it and whether he likes it or not, that's a different story. Yeah. The kid likes onions. He'll eat an onion like an apple. Yeah, he does. I used like to do onions. that when I was a kid, but I grew my own onions. So Yeah. I mean like I have told him like if I was like chopping up cucumber I think I was chopping cucumbers one time and he was like, Onion? And I was like, No, it's a cucumber. Here, try it, it's good. And of course he tried it and was like, Ugh. I love that sound he makes. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Like I, where did he learn that? He had to learn that from cartoons or something. Something, yeah. Because we none of us do that. But um so yeah, I I don't know. I just, I don't know if I've ever had to trick him into eating something. Like I, okay. most of the time we just don't care. Like, it, well, like I, if we, we get know. him a Happy Meal from McDonald's and it's a burger Happy Meal, he used to like you know take it apart yeah. and eat the pickles off first. Then he would eat the cheese off of it, and then he eat <laughs> only one of the buns. The first time he ate a whole burger, it was really really surprising. I took a picture of it and I sent it to you while you were at work. I called you. Yeah, I was we like, got Look. so excited. We celebrated Rocket eating a burger. But I think I told him like, "Hey, just keep it together and take a bite." Mm. And then he took a bite, and then he ate the burger. And so. and our cousin got him to eat chicken nuggets. Yeah, like it was nothing. Yeah, like he we been can't, doing it his whole life. Couldn't get the kid to eat meat, you know. Like he, we get him to eat a little lunch meat every now and then, or taste a piece of steak or something. But we couldn't get him to really eat meat, so that's we feed him a lot of peanut butter, and because it's a good meat substitute. If you didn't know, 
peanut butter is packed with protein. So if you don't like meat, peanut butter is a great meat substitute. We feed him a lot of peanut butter, but we could not get him to eat meat. And the first time... Especially chicken. The first time our cousin was like, hey, you know, I'd like to babysit. You know, I'd like to hang out with Rocket and see what that's like. And we, we sent him over to our cousin's house and... Uh, was it on the phone or when, when we got him, when we picked him up, she told you? No, I think on the phone. Cause she was like, yeah, he ate a, he ate a whole four piece, uh, chicken McNugget happy meal. And I was like, and it was a what? shock. Yeah. He got him to do what? How yeah. did you do that? And I remember that yeah. conversation. How'd you get him to eat it? Well, and her husband was like, I just, you know, he just told him like, you gotta eat your food and then you can go to the play place and he ate it, and ever since then, he's been eating chicken nuggets. But only McDonald's chicken nuggets. I, I got him to eat one of those banquet chicken nuggets, but I don't like them, so no. I understand why he doesn't like them. Like, I even tried to cut the chicken up last night and, like, like nuggets, and he just looked at me like I was crazy. Another meal that, that knocked my socks off last night. Woo! That was a chicken fried chicken. It was so good, and Rocket didn't eat any of it. <laughs> we had no. mashed potatoes and gravy. He didn't eat any of that either, did he? No, he took a bite of cottage cheese. Oh, but he loves cottage cheese, and we got a giant bucket of it. So that's one of those things that he likes to eat that, you know, if we always have in the fridge just in case he won't eat what we're mm -hmm. eating. We give him some well, cottage thing. cheese and like, some cheese. We do keep certain things in the refrigerator all the time just R as right. like an emergency thing for Rocket to eat. If he won't eat anything else. And I'm really bad about having chocolate available. Like, I, I love chocolate and I love snacks. And so I'll have chocolate available and Rocket will find it and he'll eat chocolate for dinner. He even found all Caleb's <laughs> chocolate that he got for Christmas and ate it all. I think it was like three pounds of yeah. kisses and Rocket ate probably half that bag. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, he's not going to, he's still got his baby teeth. So <laughs> you, when you ask the doctor, when you're talking to the doctor about that, as long as, you know, the doctor says, as long as he doesn't have a steady diet of chocolate and that's it, he's fine. Yeah. He's not going to hurt him any, you know, and, and he rockets always on the go, always running, always jumping, always happy. And so we, he's not gaining any weight too terribly from it so but we do have to what's one of those things that we're going to have to educate him as time goes on about healthy foods and non-healthy foods and i think you know by the time first grade rolls around he'll be learning that in school as well so that might be you know one of those things at that time will help us teach him at home is if he's learning about healthy foods and healthy activities at school I think that might help us a little bit here at home with the food. Um, but I think that starts around kindergarten, first grade. I know they're reading now in kindergarten. so. Well, and I think, too, I don't want to compare Rocket to a dog. But, you know, when dogs see other dogs Oh, it's eating, okay. You remember our eat. Christmas episode? I, yeah. I told everybody that we bought dog toys for not just one of our kids. We did it with two of them. But I think when he goes to school next year in kindergarten and he goes all day and like they go to lunch and he sees other kids eating food then I think he'll 
like, oh, maybe I should try that too. Hey, you guys should be excited about next year when he goes to kindergarten because I'll be able to spend more time with you guys and I'll be able to do more work here at home. And because I don't, I don't like working when I have Rocket. When Rocket's at home, I don't, I don't like being out here because when I'm out here working, he doesn't come out here and spend time with me. He stays in the house and he plays on his tablet and I can't keep an eye on him. So we have cameras in the house and I like to, when I am working, when I don't have a choice, I, I set the camera, set my phone up on the desk and show the inside camera so I can keep an eye on him. And, uh, that works for me Yeah, and it's not for everybody, but he's a very well behaved child. So I don't have to worry about much. I just keeping him safe because he will jump, he will climb up on top of stuff and jump off just for fun. And if I don't know he's doing it, you know, it could come as a surprise when he falls and hurts his arm or something. But now, you know, when he climbs and he, you know, he used to like jump off stuff. Well, now he kind of like, because he had no fear. Right. I think he still sometimes has no fear. You know why he has fear now? Because he's fallen (laughs) off of stuff and hurting himself. Hurting, hurting himself. He's hurt himself. Yeah. After falling off of things and stuff like that. So that's part of that free range parenting is letting children discover the natural consequences of their actions, like jumping off of a three and a half foot tall speaker. I mean, you might hurt your leg. Yeah. You know, you jump off the top of the dresser onto the bed, uh, onto the bed, like a, a wrestler, uh, you might hurt your arm, you know? And just the other day, uh, you were making um, you were making him some ramen noodles. One of the things that we don't have trouble with him eating is noodles. We don't like giving him ramen noodles because they are very very high in sodium. Yeah, I don't even put the whole packet. Yeah, in them. So we don't we don't enjoy giving him ramen noodles, but every now and then for a special treat, it's okay. So you were making him some ramen noodles. And one thing that I always hear you say when you're in the kitchen with rocket is don't touch that's hot. And you teach him about hot things in the kitchen. Well, you, you had said that the other day you had said, don't touch that's hot, which for some reason in his head meant, Hey, grab that. And he burnt his fingers on the stove. Yeah, like he just slammed his whole little hand up there, but it only got his three his fingers. fingers. And now, I doubt he ever touches the stovetop again. again. So, so we've covered food. We've covered a little bit of sleep. Um, now we don't have any issues getting him to sleep at all. Now, um, you sometimes he doesn't take naps. Most of the time he doesn't take naps. Yeah, and that just started. I think that just started. We call him No Nap Rocket when About that happens. Three months ago he stopped taking naps i think it was school and really loves school well he would get out of school and be tired right after school and he'd take a nap from about 3 30 to 4 30 but that would affect his sleep in the evening time and at night yeah so i didn't really care for him sleeping in the afternoon but i didn't stop it yeah because i mean really for some someone his age he should probably actually be going to bed around like seven yeah, o'clock he should at night. be getting 12 to 14 hours of sleep yeah. a day probably but you know if he doesn't I'd say take, 14 is a lot if but, he doesn't take a nap he usually makes it till nine yeah yeah absolutely nine ten sometimes he makes it longer than us last night we were both falling asleep on the couch so and it was like 10 yeah <laughs> no it wasn't 10 yet 
Oh, it wasn't? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like 9.50 when I looked oh. over it. Hey, you want to go to bed? Mm-hmm. And uh, what are some of the other things that we struggled with uh, prior to diagnosis? I don't think just communication and food, really. Yeah, he just and he sleep. did a lot of hand leading. Like he would point at stuff or like drag us to where he wanted us to go. And again, I was really terrible about allowing him to communicate that way. He could communicate with me like, you know, not even saying anything. And I would, I, of course I have him all the time. And so I would allow him to communicate with me that way and nobody else could communicate with him. And so I, I started to being able to notice that and see that you were struggling communicating with him. His brothers were struggling and so well, um, and his brothers enable him. They talk a lot for him. They're like, oh, Rocket wants this. Rocket and the, wants they that. probably do it because I do it. <laughs> and I don't know how to quit doing that. And I that. try to make him like, tell me what you want. Which one do you want? You right. And, and I notice you doing it. So then I do it. But I don't normally, I, I normally just, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm, I spoil that kid. And yeah. I've been accused of having favorites favorite children can you imagine that do you have a favorite child i I don't i don't have a favorite child no and i I, one of the children said oh we know who the favorite is and i'm like oh do you because the his older brother actually gets whatever he wants oh it's because he's the middle child and and we feel bad yes absolutely i overcompensate by buying him things but i'm honest about it and I tell him, hey, listen, you're getting this because you don't get a whole lot of attention. I'm trying to buy your love. And, and he's uh, just like, okay. Hopefully when he gets older, he'll understand that he. Except sometimes he uses that against us and he'll be like, you're only doing this because I'm the middle child. Well, that's true. And, and then we just tell him, oh, yeah, that's yeah. you're you're right. So hop on board or don't we don't care he don't throw fits too often but every once in a while he throws that in there and i'm like okay yeah i don't have favorite children but each child needs and deserves their own brand of attention you know and I, i i treat each child the same but differently in the aspect of that each child gets their own type of attention that they need I Sully doesn't need too much attention from me because he gets attention from everyone else. And he and I have a connection on a different level than everyone else. Whereas, you know, he doesn't have the same connection with you as he does with me. And so in the process of taking care of Rocket, I know that we neglect some things for the other children and at that point i'm like okay well i need to compensate and i overcompensate with the middle one i buy him guitars i buy him computers (laughs) keyboards whatever if he comes to me and says i want i'm on my phone looking for that thing and i'm pretty terrible about that so one of these days that's going to come back. That's why he gets so mad at me when he comes to me and he's like, mom, I want this. And have you looked, like he left me a note in the refrigerator 
of stuff he wanted. I told him to do that because he keeps coming to me and asking me for foodstuffs. And I'm like, who goes to the store? It it wasn't a food list, though. It was like uh, some kind of plushie in a leather jacket and like all this stuff. And he's like, did you see my note on the refrigerator? I would have been willing to buy him a leather jacket until I seen the cost of them. I looking for me a leather coat. It's like 1200 bucks. And I was like, I could buy a sofa for that. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I could understand if he left me a food list on the refrigerator, but no, it's a, his wanted items that aren't food. (laughs) He wants a plushie. Yeah. And I think I read that note the other day and he said, I don't have many plushies anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's because you're 14. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we done gave Rocket all his... We gave him his wubby, his Mickey. I know you don't watch this show now, but if you get older and watch this show, I love you, kid. <laughs> One of the things that we struggled with with Rocket before he was diagnosed is his want to take everything with him everywhere he went. Remember, he was like really... That didn't really... bother me. I didn't struggle with that. When I was trying to get him in the car and he would have 25 toys with him... Trying to make it to the car. Like, I would have my arms full, and then he'd have his little arms full, and then we'd be dropping toys all the way out to the car. That it, that I guess that was a struggle for me, because when I was in a hurry, I'd be like, let's go. Yeah, and it's Come like, on. nope, we can't leave until we find this one item. <laughs> but then I would find that we would find that one item. So that was kind of on us for not dealing with yeah. that the proper way. <laughs> and I mean, now he has an obsession with manuals. So anything we get that has a manual to it or an instruction book, <laughs> he I, has to have it. Even and if I'm trying to read it. Yeah. He has a collection yeah. of them. Yeah. And he used that, to take them to bed. That's actually not, I'm, it's kind of neat. I mean, I know he looks at it as a book, but yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of people that don't read manuals at all. Well, I think the funniest thing was when he had the owner's manual for your car and he was making you read it to him. And yeah. you were over there reading it to him like yeah. about the automatic transmission. Yeah. Hey, but that's one of those things that I do. I get a new car and I read the manual. I know sometimes we have to take the manuals and hurry up and hide them before he sees them because he will watch you open the box or the package just to get the manual get yeah the manual, and yeah. if you need the manual to put the stuff together you gotta kind of fight him for it yeah then so yep. that that is one of those challenges that you had a lot of trouble with not, me not so much because i didn't it didn't bother me to grab up a handful of stuff but taking things from the house to the car from the car to the store Stuff like that. So he, he, you know, or um, when it was bedtime and he wanted to take all these books and he manuals still does and that. cars. He still does that. He has a bed full of. But when he was sleeping with us and then had to put him in bed oh, with us. Oh yeah, the... I would wake up on top of toys and oh, yeah. sometimes I would wake up and there'd be a square yeah. in the middle of my back. <laughs> yeah. So like I couldn't figure out why my back hurt all night. And right. It's a block attached to it. Right, and those I don't have any tips or tricks for that. That's just. One of those things that we allowed him to do. I mean, we could have fought with him, but with with Rocket, you kind of got to pick your battles because. And I have no trouble admitting this. He's a, he's smarter than I am, and he's very he's he knows how to get what he wants. And most of the time, he knows how to get what he wants without throwing a fit. So yeah, well, and I think you know, everybody's like, okay, like just gives into him, like. You know, well, have he's he really cute. So, yeah. you know, and he, he's really cute and he's really articulate. 
about, you know, I want this. And they taught him that in school. So. Yeah. One of his favorite things was, what was it? He was learning in speech is like, I want to have a glass of water. <laughs> I just, With Rocket's diagnosis, it wasn't, it wasn't a death sentence. It wasn't, you know, we kind of embrace it more than. It's like a superpower. Yeah. If, if anything, it's not a disability. It's an ability. And. Well, and if everybody could think like he thinks. Oh, it'd be amazing because he's one of the sweetest children I've ever met. And he has, he has just this want and need to make me smile. First thing in the morning, his objective is to make me smile. And I've been saying that for a couple of years now. Like I, I told you a long time ago, this little boy's mission in life is to make me smile. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Well, and, you know, the only thing I really worry about with that is that he does not know a stranger. Um, he tries to make friends with everybody. I worry about that, too, but that's why we teach him. We're trying to teach him a lot of safety stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, he escaped one time when he was two. And I I was out here in the at garage. At at night. I was out here in the garage smoking a cigarette because I smoked in the garage at that time. And, well, he was like two. Yeah. And I had come back inside and the door was open and I couldn't have been out here more than five minutes, but I knew you had just left. And so he probably went looking for mom and it was cold outside and I freaked out. And I, luckily it only took me like two minutes to find him, but he was outside. And so we now locked the door. So that we know that if he is, if he, if he's inside and we've locked the door, we know he doesn't have a key to relock it from the outside. So if the door is unlocked, that means rocket is outside and, or rocket has been outside. So I keep the door locked and anytime that I'm not going to be like, I, I take a shower when I'm not, when I am home alone with rocket, I set the alarm to the house because uh, obviously he doesn't have a key code for the alarm. And if he opens the door, it only takes 60 seconds for that alarm to go off. And he has opened the door and set the alarm off and it scared the bejesus out of him. Mm -hmm. And so I tell him when that red light is on, that means stop. That means stop. And then I've also tried to teach him some safety things that if the house is on fire, get, get out. <laughs> yeah. But well, I don't. And you know what that's one of the things like safety is an issue and we had an incident too where we thought rocket had got out of the house but really he was just a little playing. bastard was in the dryer no, or no he was in the washing machine, machine. <laughs> i couldn't find him i had i couldn't find him but and <laughs> the first thing you, that you do when something like that happens dial 911 save don't worry about the embarrassment don't worry about the your first priority is making sure your kid's safe well and you had called me and then i immediately like yeah i called ran you. out the door at work yeah. called nine one one on my way home yeah and and, and it only it didn't only took me just a, a minute or two to realize hey we need to call nine one one. and so got the cops on their way got you on your way i'm looking around caleb's looking around 
and we're outside hollering, and I come back in the house to go to the backyard, and I'm, Rocket! And I hear, Daddy! <laughs> and so I looked outside, Rocket! And then it was coming from inside the house. I looked down in the damn washer, and that's he's inside the washer he's with the, the lid closed, just having the time of his life. And I, at that time, I had the alarm set. And so, I no, I didn't have the alarm set because Caleb came inside yeah. and left the door unlocked. That's why I thought he was outside, because the door was unlocked. Otherwise, if the door was locked, I would have known to look for him inside. Yeah. But, I mean, but the good thing, you know, about that was I called the police back. They canceled, but they came out to the house yeah, anyways. Yeah, I told, go ahead and go ahead and come on out. And I, I told the lady when she got there, she, you know, when she checked on Rocket, I said, hey, just in case this happens again, can you... On, take out your phone and take a picture for the police department so that the police have a picture of rocket mm-hmm. and she obliged. I don't know if she kept it. I don't know. No, if the she police said they had like it, a program. But, so like she said, if anything happened in the neighborhood, they would automatically know that there is a child that lives here that has autism. Right. And so and to keep that in mind, I've communicated with the security company as well that we have a special needs child. And so, um, uh, anytime, we have a panic alarm that I set off sometimes. Anytime that it gets set off, they ought to, they send the police no matter what. So that's okay. Yeah. I, I like that. That's it's some of the things that we have to cope with. I was terrified. That bothered me when that happened. And that's one of those things that hasn't happened to you yet. Thank goodness. Because well, I panicked. And that's one of those things that made me look into like a service animal. Then I saw the price of a service animal, like specially trained for children with autism. Well over $25,000 is what that costs, and that's insane. I'd be okay with that for certain things. There's certain things that I would be okay spending that amount of money on for Rocket. One of those would be a robot. We have talked about several times how technology is catching up to the point where uh, we might be living in sci-fi before too long. And one of those things that I want to get Rocket is an AI. I want Rocket to have his own personal AI for uh, for a an assistant or uh, I don't even know how to say life coach perhaps is what what would be a, a good uh, a good, thing to say would be a life coach because it can learn and grow with him say he got an ai right now which isn't possible they don't he could get an ai but it's not specifically designed for rocket if he got an ai right now that ai would be born at as rocket is four years old and you would tell that ai you are four years old rocket is four years old so you're coaching somebody you know and that ai that robot would learn and grow with rocket and what better life coach to have than yourself and the ai would learn and grow with him and learn what he likes how he likes to learn the things that he has difficulties with and it can help him and that's i would spend i'd probably spend 100 grand on a robot right now if they had one but that's one of those things I'm, I'm kind of looking for resources and looking for companies that would be interested in doing stuff like that because 
it doesn't exist. Well, and just resources in general for kids with autism. It's yeah. just ridiculous and no, frustrating. They, and They do have adaptive robotics and adaptive AI. They do have that currently, just not for rocket, not for rocket. Somebody's rocket, ro- somebody rockets age. Yeah. They do have, and it's, and it's dumb. The, the AI is a very smart yet, which I don't know if we want to go Terminator level with the stuff, you know, it kind of freaks me out, but. Yeah. What was that movie? iRobot. Yeah. iRobot. But I don't see things that way. I don't think AI will take over like that because I just don't, I just don't think, I, I don't think. AI will ever beat human supremacy. I, I don't think it'll happen, but that's one of those for a different show. Yeah. But I think one of those things that robotics would help out is tantrums. Yeah, like ways to deescalate. Well, because it can, the reason why he has tantrums is because he can't communicate. I've, I've noticed that a lot with with the, the one of the things that I have difficulties with is tantrums. Because it's not the loud, it's not the irritation that doesn't bother me in that way. You know, if he's screaming his head off in the middle of the store, it's not embarrassing for me. What is troubling is because I know how he feels when he's freaking out, when he's having that tantrum, because I have anxiety. I have really bad anxiety and it sucks. It's very debilitating sometimes. And I know when I get to that level of just, you know, scrambled in my brain or I can't think of anything but panic, I know how that feels. And I know how horrible that must feel for a four-year-old, especially a four-year-old who has trouble communicating. And so that hurts me physically to see that. Um, walking through the store, he has a mini meltdown. It's not because he wants this or that he's not throwing a kind of fit like that it's because he can't communicate with you how he's feeling at that moment mainly because he doesn't know how he's feeling if he knew he would be able to communicate that with that yeah and at that point he'll just be like hug right and and that's one of those things that he kind of got from me is because when he's freaking out like that i hold him tight and he it calms him down Mm-hmm. And maybe we need to work on some maybe soothing a weighted, techniques. A weighted vest. I know yeah. somebody that said their nephew had a weighted vest. But at the same time, you know, he's four. Do you really want to give him that crutch? Do you do you want to have him? Well, being, maybe it's only like at certain places, you know. Well, do you want him to be 30 years old and still using a weighted vest to calm himself down? That's my issue. You know, I want to teach him how to control those things himself so he doesn't need medications, so he doesn't need weighted vests, so he doesn't need a teddy bear when he's 30. You know what I mean? So that I, I struggle with that. I struggle at dealing with tantrums and it's communication. I almost guarantee it's communication. And Well, just like last night when he was trying to communicate to us what he wanted to watch and we're like, we have no idea. And he was taking you know, words from a video that right. he heard in the video and trying to tell us, trying to that's tell what us that's what that video is. Yes. But the video is called something different. And right. So he was getting frustrated with us because and, we and don't know what he's talking about. It's just as frustrating for us to figure out what he wants or what he needs at that certain moment. But sometimes it's a lot easier just to distract him with something else and redirect him. 
And that's one of the ways that I cope with tantrums is, and you taught me this, redirect him somehow, get his attention focused on something other than what's pissing him off. And so I, I do that a lot. And at the store now, we skip, we skip yeah, certain we aisles, skip certain and, aisles and, and you do a wonderful job of, I'll be like, look for birds. Do you see any birds? <laughs> right. You do a wonderful <laughs> like, job at, at as we run distracting him. Right. And, and keeping him, uh, not necessarily happy, but content, you know, contentment yeah. with, I, I like when he's content. I like when he's happy, when he's not. It's a pain in the ass for everyone, especially for Rocket. Well, and I think I figured out why he likes to go to Target so much. The mannequins. Because every mannequin... Man, they got some sexy mannequins at that store. <laughs> every mannequin we went by, he had to touch their arm or hand or Hi. fill their clothes. He walked up to one of the mannequins and he looked at me and he said, I shake the mannequin's hand. And I was like, sure. And he was like, hi, mannequin. Nice to meet you. And then he was like, can I hug the mannequin? And I was like, no, it's a little weird. I mean, if you want to, like, (laughs) (laughs) but then he just kept walking. But it's funny because I remember when Sully was about five or six, we were at Penny's or JCPenney and he had to stop and take I'm assuming these people know what you're talking about when you say pennies. He had to stop and take his picture with all the mannequins dressed in the Royals year because that was the year they won the World Series. You still have that on your Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, both the boys love mannequins. That's okay. I like mannequins too, especially targets. Coping <laughs> <laughs> tips and tricks. I don't... I don't have any tips and tricks per se, really. I just live life and, and you live and you learn and it's difficult to translate the things that I know and the experience that I have to other people. It's when they ask me questions, I'm like, "Eh, I just deal with it. You know, I just, my frustration is I wish people had as much patience as we do. And we don't have like, much patience at all. So that, that you know, I, 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 I wish that too, because especially with Little Rocket and people like Rocket, adults like Rocket. Yeah. Well, uh, it, I mean, it drives me crazy when adults are like, you know, like, because Rocket stems a lot and he screeches and, but, but he doesn't he's happy. really, he doesn't do it out in public much. Yeah. He's so. happy when he does that. Like, my cousin was blow drying his hair yesterday and he loved it. And he was like, right because he was happy um and then uh, when people hear him screeching hollering they're like stop that do you want me to spank you or you know like stuff like that and i'm like that bothers me and that's some some of the reasons why we don't take around certain people so happy he's happy so why are you threatening to right right him or tell him to knock it off like Okay, do you want him to not be happy? Okay. Well, the environment that Rocket lives in. We won't you know, be back. Right. Right. The environment that Rocket lives in, uh, most of the time in his comfort zone, he's allowed to be as loud as he wants to. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm watching television, you know, think of, I'm, I know you guys at home or, or if you're listening or watching this, you guys don't know what my entertainment system looks like, but I can be... I can be louder, way louder than Rocket can ever be. I've got 
you know, a, a, a theater surround system and it's huge and a giant TV. So if I'm, if I'm trying to pay attention to something, if I'm trying to watch something or a football game, I don't have to have the volume up for a football game because it's visual. But, uh, if I'm trying to pay attention to something, I just turn it up, you know, and he could be sitting right beside me screaming his head off and I can tune that out as long as he's happy. Yeah. As long as he's not upset, you know, and if he is upset, I can hear that. I can feel that. Well, even, even if like I'm laying down to take a nap, you know, and you know how he has to, it doesn't matter who's in there napping. He's got to lay beside you and watch his tablet and Sometimes he screams and screech. It doesn't even bother me. I yeah, can sleep right through it. Up, yeah. Yeah. Now there's a difference in between a pain right. scream and a happy scream. Right. And so, Absolutely. And there's with with rocket. There's an ear piercing difference. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and my thing is, is I encourage everybody that if you have anybody in your life or family or friends that know somebody that's autistic or has autism or some type of neurodivergent C that you learn as much as you possibly can about that and educate yourself. Absolutely. Because it is not our job as parents to educate you on our child's ability. Right. Well, kind of. I mean, it's it's our job to educate him. Yeah. So when we go to do this show, we have to do it stupid early in the morning. Like right now, it's actually 7.30 on a Sunday and 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday. And the reason why we have to get up this early and hang out with each other at weird times to do this show is because Rocket is really loud. And if Rocket was to come in here right now and hang out with us for a few minutes, we've been recording for a long time, so it'd be okay, but that would be a good stopping point because rocket would want the microphones. Mm -hmm. He'd want to talk to everyone, which is okay for a few minutes, but you know, after about five to six minutes, keeping him on task and like, you know, okay, rocket, this is what we're talking about. And he, it wouldn't be very long before we'd be doing something else. What rocket wanted to do. So, um, that's one of the difficulties of, of, of doing things that we want to do is we have to do it at weird ass times because, um, some, some things that I do aren't kid appropriate. Adaptability, um, rocket is very different from mainstream, but if you knew anything about like if people educated themselves about autism and, and neurodivergency, people would understand that more people are neurodivergent than not. not. Yeah. And anybody who is anybody of importance is probably neurodivergent. Anybody, you know, like the person who invented this thing, probably neurodivergent. 90% of academics, neurodivergent. And 90% of academics, those are the people who are important, the important, most important of important people. Well, and it's just like ADHD, you know, like, I don't know how many times I've heard people like, oh, they don't have ADHD. They just needed their ass beat when they were little. Uh, no, uh, or, come, or, s- come spend the day with Sully when he doesn't have his medication. He can't uh, think straight or tell you what he came to tell you because he forgot. Because I have 
ADHD. And it wasn't an ADHD where I ran around and, you know, couldn't sit still. It was, I couldn't keep my thoughts together. I still have difficulty doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know this because my master editor over here covers it all up for us, but I get lost three or four times during the show. I get my, my thoughts are, and, and, you know, we, we don't have a show that's over an hour and 15 minutes long, but we'll record for two hours and chop it up, chop it up because I'll get lost in the middle of a sentence. And it just happened to you just a few minutes ago, but I'll, I'll get lost in the middle of a sentence and forget what, what, what was I talking about? You know? And then I'll be reminded. Oh yeah. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get right back on task. But in the middle of that moment, I'm like, uh, 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 and it's, and somebody has to slap me upside the head and get me going again. <laughs> we need a bell for the <laughs> earring. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, uh, like right now I'm lost. Yeah. You know, so what were we talking about? Yeah. So we probably just need to wrap you, this up. Yeah. You, you can leave this part in the show because I was talking about <laughs> how I get lost in the middle of talking about something, but, oh. uh. I, I, for the first couple of shows that we had, it was, I was a rambling mess. And I told you at that time, I was like, I got to figure out how to clean this up. I got to figure out how to stay on task. And you're like, I got this. And a click, a couple clicks away. And you're like, see five minutes of rambling and it's all gone. (laughs) So, uh, we, we we're wanting to try to keep this ship a little tighter and and keep working on things and again i am just blown away by the amount of support we've gotten you know i want to give a shout out to rachel for this lovely birthday present that she got you it is a i have a squirrel fund and this little box here is our adventure fund and my wife's a co-worker had given this to my wife because one of the stories my wife had, I say my wife, like you're not right here. Hi. Um, <laughs> they, she, she had given this to Ashley because one of the stories Ashley had told her at work was about my squirrel fund and how I have a squirrel fund. I actually have a couple of them. I have one in the car, one in the house, you know, there's change, you know, one in my wallet. I carry silver pieces, you know, <laughs> sometimes. And so I have a squirrel fund. I call it my squirrel fund because every now and then, you know, you'll need a handful of quarters to wash the car or the, you know, the old, uh, the oldest boy will run out of gas or well, not run out of gas, but he'll be running low on gas. And I'll be like, check the squirrel fund or, um, well, he can't check it now. Like, no, no, that's, that's not not a squirrel fund anymore. That's our adventure fund. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that so much. Thank you very much. And she also got you, um, she also got you that Chefman power infusion electric kettle. Yes. It's wonderful because our middle kid had put milk in our kettle, our electric kettle, and he didn't ruin it, but you know, it burned. <laughs> just in case they do ruin one of them we have an extra but we we this thing is nice it's so nice it's like it's got a little spot in the top of it where you can infuse tea yeah in you know like make hot tea it's really really cool that's fancy i feel fancy when i use it 
and my buddy Lindley, that guy, that guy, that guy, he bought us. He and his wife bought us this on-air sign for Christmas, and it was sitting in her home office. And he had forgotten about it. And a couple weeks ago, or uh, 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 about a week ago, he was like, man, I forgot your Christmas present. I totally forgot your Christmas present. But he brought it over, and it's an on-air sign. And I actually needed one of these because we, with one of these, we can teach Rocket when that sign is on. And we might be able to get away with recording in the middle of the day if we got that. But I... I wanted to, this is the only day it's going to be out here for everybody to see because normally it will be out there where everyone can see that, hey, we're on air right now. Because these microphones pick up everything. Including cell phones vibrating. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's some of the stuff that we've acquired through friends and fans of the show I am just blown away by the amount of support and I'm starting to get kind of emotional but thank you guys so much this means a lot to me this has been so fun and to hear the things and the feedback that we've gotten that it, it's just it's mind-blowing everybody is so supportive and when we when we got this set put together one of the things that happened was people came from everywhere and wrapped their arms around us and said you guys got this we're behind you all the way and now it seems like we have fans and that's impressive i love it so much and i love all the happiness and support and love that everybody's shown us because i cannot for the life of me figure out how to come into a show talk for a few minutes about the subject matter and then go into coffee and then come right back. And yeah. it, I, it doesn't work for me. So we're just going to do short videos. I don't know when we're going to do these things because we can't work Monday through Friday recording. We have to do right now. Our recording schedule is Saturdays and Sundays. And I know you guys haven't seen a whole lot yet, but we're working on some stuff that you, you're going to be impressed. So and uh, in closing, I just want to tell everyone that, hey, if you guys have a special needs child, uh, life is not over. Things are difficult for a little while. But, but it gets better. It, it's going it, to get a lot better. It does get easier. And I know there's, there's folks out there who have special needs children who, are, who need a lot more attention than our, our son and our son is verbal and you know, not, not all autistic children are verbal. Well, and he's classified as a level two. See, I don't know any of that. I've not asked. Mild I've not, autism. I've not asked. I've not, you say mild, but that kid screams an awful lot. <laughs> he taps his, his feet and knees together more than he screams. But, uh, it's not a death sentence. Embrace it folks because it's not going to change and our son there's nothing wrong with him he's perfect just the way he is and it's a gift it really is and most 
most autistic children that I know are really happy all the time. And don't kill that. Don't, don't stifle your child's creativity. Don't, don't look at it as a, a death sentence for you or my life is over. My child has autism. It's difficult. It is difficult sometimes. And we haven't had as many difficulties as a lot of people, especially financially, because our child doesn't need a whole lot of health intervention like a lot of other children do. They have a lot of not only mental issues, but they have health issues as well. We've been lucky and haven't had that. I know it, I know it exists, but ladies and gentlemen, it, it happens and we have to be nice and we have to accept things for the way they are and not be mad, not be sad because at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. The kid's going to be okay. I know you're not getting much sleep right now, but that does change, you know? So with that, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Woo. Love our gifts. And, but for everyone out there, don't, don't feel obligated to buy us a gift if you don't have the money because we don't have any money either. <laughs> so uh, don't feel obligated to buy us a gift. Don't be obligated to. But we do like coffee. So we you love know, coffee. Find like a, a coffee that you like hey, and you want us yeah. to try. If you want us to review us a, a certain coffee or whatever, we're going to start doing little short videos on coffee reviews.